I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. You're here for another weekend update for the week ending July 12, 2019. You're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. Knock, knock. Who's there? 300.75, that's who's there. The high today was two pennies off, but for all intents and purposes, the market got to the front end of that area. Does that have to be all there is? Questions started to roll in. Is that going to be the top? And the answer is, this isn't how market tops are normally made. So we're going to say, yes, higher prices are likely as long as we don't get some kind of a Sunday night swoon. Immediately, the next question becomes, well, how much higher can the market go without even pulling back? Well, the real answer to that is nobody actually knows. However, whether or not we have a pullback first, certainly with a seller's strike like the one we have, we can certainly get up a lot higher in this market. How much is a lot? Well, the next order of business, the next logical area of big time overhead resistance is going to be at or near. And we'll say near because we don't know how far the market will or won't get. But if we're continuing in this as the melt up turns scenario, as the bulls continue to drive this bus, it looks to me like the bulls and I've done some mathematics related to this. This just isn't willy nilly. Looks like the bulls want to get it to 303 in the SPY. To be exact, if we want to split hairs, it actually comes out to 303.05. 3038 S&P E-mini futures contract. That's my number. The market's going to stop at its number. Is there stuff in between? Of course there's stuff in between. What I'm giving you is my big target. It's the short-term big target. What does that mean? It means in the next couple of days, if we find ourselves up at 303, nobody here will have that deer in the headlights look. It is, without a shadow of a doubt, a pretty incredible market. Everybody here is aware that the market really is defying gravity. On one hand, we have the Federal Reserve and all the pundits discussing an interest rate cut, and we have the market continuing to close at all-time new highs. We have gold on the rise. We have central bank participation, and it's not just central bank here in the United States. It's central banks in Europe as well, and potentially elsewhere. We've seen a coordinated effort before between the Bank of Japan, the United States Federal Reserve, and the ECB. Right now, we have two legs of the stool. Don't be surprised to see the third. The question is, why is all that happening? In order to answer that question, we have to dip our toe into the land of conspiracy theory. I think I have a good one. We're going to get back to that later. We're going to run through the charts first, and then we'll circle back to the conspiracy theory. As far as the daily chart is concerned, there's really not much else to discuss. The same thing applies that we've been discussing day after day after day. The market's in an uptrend. It's above all the moving averages. It's bullish until it's not. The trend is your friend until it's over. It's just that simple. The story doesn't change. However, we can always find cool stuff to look at. Sometimes traders will ask, why do you look at a bunch of different charts? Aren't they all the same? And when that question comes up, it's the SPX against the SPY, 
or against the futures contract. The futures contract has a couple of different ways you can look at it. Remember, I'm always looking for stuff that other people don't see, or at least in my mind, the majority of other people don't see. If everybody's looking at the same thing and everybody's talking about the same thing, it's unlikely to happen. That's just the way it works. We've seen that over and over and over again. That's the buy the rumor, sell the news thing. So while everybody's looking at the big flashing signs, you know, the ones that say, hey, look over here, I'm going backstage. I want to see what the guys are doing behind the curtain. For this one, we'll use the 120-minute chart as an example. It's nice and tight. So we've looked at this chart the last several days. We've looked at it a lot. We saw this range. We've talked about this range a lot. And what I want to do is point out something else on a different chart that shows the same range but depicts it in a different way. You guessed it. Here's the S&P E-mini futures contract. But it looks the same as the SPY. Right, because that's the pit session. But somehow, some way, even when it's hard to tell that the market's actually doing the things that we talk about every single day, it's still actually doing them. Look at a non-pit session chart. It looks different because the data comes from around the clock minus a few times that the market closes at the end of the day. Is it data or data? I think it's neither. I think it's data. But here's the deal. Let's look at what we're looking at. Here's a big breakup candle. What is this? This is a bull flag pattern. Well, we've talked about the fact that the market was consolidating. It was consolidating to go higher. Fine, that reconfirms all that. Let's look deeper. Let's move the chart over and zero in on something. Let's focus in on the last time the market broke to the upside right over here. And then when it consolidated, what happened? It tested the bottom portion of this last breakup candle before this breakup on Friday. And here's the thing. There's some special stuff within that sequence on the chart. Traders that have taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader will see everything that we discuss over and over again in a lot of different ways using a lot of different charts in the course. This low right here, which came in at 3,005.50, was basically one point off the low here, which was 3,004.75. Actually, it was less than one point. What do markets like to do? They like to test the bottom of breakup candles and the top of breakdown candles. They don't always reverse in the other direction, but they do a lot of times. When you put that type of information together with the other types of sequencing things that we discuss and learn about in the course, you know the rest. Camp IWM. Here's the deal. We've been discussing the fact that the longer this consolidates above the moving averages, the more likely it is building energy to make another push higher. That energy can fail and would certainly be released in the downside, but right now that's not what we have. Right now we have an IWM that was up nicely today. It outpaced the SPY by a little bit in percentage terms, not a whole lot, but a little bit. And this is a big time trend line. Where does this come from? It comes from the weekly chart. We didn't close above it this week, but look where we are. We climbed week after week to get above those moving averages and run right into that trend line. It's not my trend line. I didn't create the trend line. I didn't draw the trend line. The market drew the trend line. We're just following the market's direction. Here's the deal. Getting above that trend line is A, no easy task, and B, if it does... The IWM can melt up to 162. Now you go back to the daily chart 
and you look at it from that perspective with that in mind from the weekly chart and you say, I see where it's important from a weekly chart perspective. I see the trend line. I see the market ran right up into it and essentially was rejected, but it wasn't really rejected a whole lot. It's hanging around. Why is it hanging around? Well, we're here at Common Sense Market Analysis. It's hanging around to bust through. It's not hanging around to get rejected two weeks later. That's certainly a little potpourri of technical analysis, opinion, common sense, and whatever else you want to throw into the bucket. However, looking at it like that, I find it a hard point to argue. We can argue it later when we get to the conspiracy theory. How about a collapse in volatility? This wants to go lower. This is telling us stock prices are still going higher. The collapse in volatility continues. Where is this going on a continued decline? Let's go over to the weekly chart. So we can't see anything from the daily chart. Now you can see we're coming into all these lows that we've been discussing each and every time that we come down to this area. And when we say every time we get down to this area, you can buy the VIX down here. You just need time. We did the same thing here. You just need time. It's always going to pop back up. You just don't know exactly when. So if we get a continued melt up in the stock market, you're going to see the VIX down in the 11s, whether it's 11 and a quarter, 11, 1080, 1170. We don't really know. But somewhere down there, if you collect the VIX, you'll be rewarded as long as you have time on your side. How much time? You need months. You need a few months. Let it happen. Once a corrective phase in the stock market begins, you get a spike in volatility and you get rewarded. You just can't put the whole position on at one place or one time. But in the 11s and below, you begin collecting the VIX again. Look at this one. We can't even talk about this one enough. Go back to the videotape. We talked about this one. Going back to Tuesday, we were saying, watch out. If there's a canary in the coal mine, the transports, if they're going to bottom, it's make it or break it. They would have to do it pretty much immediately. The next day, they filled the gap. Closed poorly, took off like a bat out of hell from yesterday's low. 2.38%, 247 points. This is no joke. Let's use some common sense here one more time. Before, we were talking about 10,600, 10,500 as resistance. We got up there and the market was rejected, but not rejected all that much. We basically had another pullback and a recock of the gun, a reset, if you will, and then another rocket ride higher. Now we're right back to the previous high. Is that it, or do they keep going? Under normal garden variety market conditions, with this kind of setup, they keep going. There's another day in here, at least. Where's the extreme in the transports? 10,800, 10,850. Hard to believe, but it was also hard to believe the stock market could keep going up anyway. You had to be a believer. How about the triple Qs? Anything to talk about here? No. What are we going to talk about? It keeps going higher. It will stop going higher and it will reverse when it does. The other day, the transports at the time were a potential canary in the coal mine. They were the canary in the coal mine. But long before that, the XLF was giving us signals the whole way through. We kept saying it. Over and over and over again. If the financials aren't unraveling, the market won't unravel either. If you've been around for any length of time, you know the story. 2747, 
Once we gapped over it, the rest is history. Look at it. SMH, we can just spin the record around. Nothing wrong with the chart. I know some of you laugh at the word record, at the thought of a record. Some of you don't even know what a record is. But believe it or not, I have records. There's nothing else to talk about with the SMH. In fact, let's switch over to the conspiracy theory. Now, I've mentioned this once or twice, but before we get into my thesis, if you will, let's clear the deck and understand what it is. It's a complete speculative conspiracy theory, which I'm not a big fan of creating conspiracy theories, but I can be a consumer of conspiracy theories. Some of them pan out, some are fun, some are just flat out redonkulous. But there's a big appetite for conspiracy theories, so let's feed the beast. Let's start with Deutsche Bank. Now, we've touched on this a few times in the past. Now's a good time to dig in a little bit. So I've been watching this chart for a while. I've been watching this chart for a long, long time. But I'm not really watching the daily chart. I'm watching the monthly chart. This is going to zero. We've all seen this before. We saw it with Sears Holdings. The list goes on and on and on. There comes a point when the company's just not going to make it. And generally speaking, the chart tells the story long before the executives accept reality. And that actually expands to the shareholder base. Anybody with a direct relationship with the company is generally going to give them the benefit of the doubt to a point. After all, the company is always telling a positive story, or at least trying to anyway. So here it goes. So I've been watching this melt away for a long time, and all of a sudden... For no apparent reason whatsoever, I get served up on my YouTube homepage, I get served up a video about Deutsche Bank. I know the source, the source is reliable, I watch the video. Now, I think the video likely came at a result of the recent news about Deutsche Bank's layoffs of 18,000 people and their restructuring of the company. But that's not really new news, they've been restructuring the company for a while. They recently tried to merge with another large bank, I believe in Germany, I think it was Commerce Bank. There's issues going on over there at Deutsche Bank. Now, I don't know what the issues are, but here's what I do know. I know they've been in a lot of trouble recently. When I say trouble, I don't mean trouble on the chart. I mean really in trouble. They had to pay big fines for some wrongdoing. Now, I don't know whether those fines came with no admission of guilt and all that stuff. I'm not here to pass judgment. I don't know one person at Deutsche Bank. Well, let me put it this way. I don't know anybody that's still there. So here's what I'm thinking. They can't come up with a merger partner. They have to lay off a big chunk of the company. The house is on fire. Now, why is Deutsche Bank so important? And what really is it that can potentially rock the financial system? Is there anything in there like a Lehman Brothers going on? We don't know. But here's what we do know. They have a big, what's called, derivatives book. Now, you can go to the University of Google and start looking up derivatives, and you can actually know less after studying the information than you knew before. It's complicated. It's a spider web. It goes in a hundred directions. There's derivatives for derivatives of derivatives. Doesn't matter what they are. Here's what we do know, or at least information that I deem to be reliable. As far as I can tell, it looks like they're leveraged about 40 to 1. Now, that includes that derivatives component, and I don't profess to know any more than that. But what I do know is this. 
The chart says it's going to zero at some point. Could be two, three years away. We don't know. The house is obviously on fire. Central banks are getting involved at stock market highs. Why is that? Are they pre-planning the bailout of Deutsche Bank? Do they know where the bodies are buried? Between the ECB, the Federal Reserve, who knows? Here's what we do know. Those bankers are always going to know more than they're telling you. Same goes for politicians, right? Same deal. They tell you what they believe you need to know. At any rate, you can kind of fill in the blanks on the rest. What I'm thinking of is, at some point, is Deutsche Bank going to rock the financial system? Again, put it in perspective. It's my own innocent version of a conspiracy theory. What's the conspiracy? Why are we talking about lowering rates at market all-time highs? And the Fed will say, well, we're looking at economic data. We're not looking at the stock market. Yes, they are. Here's the one we'll leave you with today. As long as the market participants believe there's a Fed put available to the market, there'll be a Fed put available to the market. But focus on what I said. If market participants believe at some point, at some point in the future, when the day comes when market participants believe the Fed to be helpless and not helpful but harmful, then you have a different market on your hands. And that's where I'm going to pull the ripcord today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.